will tell you that they're still connected. Amen? He's a liar. They're broken and once broken, forever broken. Amen? You claim that and believe it. Amen. Let's take your Bibles tonight. Thank you, musicians. We're going to turn to Ephesians 6. Maybe tonight just a little bit of a trail off of camp, so forgive me and just bear with me. Older ones, parents maybe, and maybe it's a little bit channeled to our younger ones and young, young people of such, but uh, pull nonetheless, amen? Pull nonetheless, and we're a family and each area needs strengthening and, and such, so we just pray that you'll just pull on the word tonight. Amen. Ephesians 6, verse 12, we'll read, For you wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. We don't wrestle in the flesh, but the powers of darkness are hitting you as hard as they can. I mean, that's what we wrestle against. Spiritual wickedness in high places. And we wonder why it's such a wicked world is because this is, this is who's wrestling us. Amen. Not in the flesh. You maybe have your seats. I do just want to mention, I know not everybody may be here, but I do want to just say from my own, from my own heart, just personally to everybody that helped at camp, the kitchen staff, uh, I know we, we couldn't thank everyone enough. I do just want to express my thanks to everybody that was there. Mother Serge, we missed you. Such Emily, good to see you here tonight though. All is well. And we just, just so thankful for everybody's little part. And it creates what happened at camp, a special time that we can have together and the Lord can move in a different and maybe unique way. Something, maybe something we're not used to. Maybe a little bit of a different new thing that we read on the uh, in the evening, and and we'll just see. Pray the Lord continues that. I do just want to, in light of that, and just a little bit, even in, in channel with the service tonight. Um, Brother Ed has just wanted to focus, I know Brother Tom's mentioned again, for the families maybe to take some time, and go through the services and, and listen to the, listen to them with your children and, and as a family. And Brother Ed just felt a, a burden to, to really continue in that channel and, uh, he'd like to, uh, have a bit of a focused time in May, uh, with the, with the families. It's a, it's a, a weekend together with with young people and the families and and really just continue in the channel of what the Lord is doing to strengthen and uh, and bring the families uh, together and strengthen them you want me the date yeah the date I think we're looking at the long weekend of, of May and brother I would like to bring brother Aaron McGeary back and uh, and just continue in the, in the vein and, and continue to build like I said and strengthen and so if you just keep that in your prayers uh, what the Lord will do and and keep you know in in the channel that the Lord is moving Revisit the services, parents, with your with your with your young people, and we'll just see what the Lord wants to continue to do, just to build upon that. Amen. Amen. So a little bit on on just where I wanted to go tonight. I want to speak on uh, I want to speak on under the influence, and uh, I almost titled my the service tonight DUI, but. Brother Branham, <laughs> I had to check myself <laughs> because Brother Branham had a, had a service called Thinking Man's Filter, and which he got out of the uh, 
uh, a little cigarette box on the uh, in the bushes when he was hunting. And if you read the read the account of that, he was dodging bullets actually as he was uh, hunting and found and came across that little cigarette box. But uh, and he said the radio land. He goes, if you if you saw the people's faces when I just announced my title, he said you'd have a real laugh. <laughs> so I figured that'd probably be the same thing. If I said tonight I'm going to speak on DUI, <laughs> which for those that don't know is drinking under the influence. But I wanted to title it "Driven Under the Influence," and then just as we as we were studying, I just felt no, we'll just be under the influence. Amen. So we'll just speak a little bit about influence tonight. Just something simple. I told brother, uh, the brothers in the back, it's potato soup tonight. But Timmy didn't like potato soup, so he was going with more tomato soup. Just simple. <laughs> Maybe tomato basil <laughs> tonight. Amen. So we're just going to talk about influence and uh, opening scripture. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. I'm going to take my coat off and just relax a little bit and just have that kind of service. Amen. So what, as we know, as we said, we're not wrestling about something in, in this fleshly atmosphere. In fact, we wish it was. Sometimes I think we wish we could, we could uh, have a hand-to-hand combat with the uh, battles and, the, and the, the demons we wrestle each day. But it's not. It is in our, in our spirit realm and it's in the, the rulers of darkness and, and high places and principalities and powers that are, that are impressing upon us. And influence. They're, they're gonna in, that realm is going to influence us. Whether we like it or not. One realm. Brother Branham says, he talks about, I believe in demonology, and he talks about a channel in the middle. And he, and he talks about the realms above that and the realms below that. And he said, or above in the middle, here's us. And we're here in the middle. And the Holy Ghost is in, in, above us. And then there's the angels. And then there's heaven and, and the Lord. And then below us we have, he said, the lost souls. And then there's the, the demons and hell itself. And he, we're in the middle of these realms and they're going to be pressing upon us. He says, every mortal here is influenced by one of these worlds. Either from below or above. And we, so we don't have an option. We don't have an option whether we're going to be influenced or not. It's going to be positive or negative. Something is going to influence you, whether you like it or not. And one of the other, they're vying for control. There's no gray area and you're not immune. And so they're going to influence you. And influence is the capacity or power of a person or thing to be a compelling force, a compelling force on or to produce effects on the actions, behaviors, opinions, etc. of others. Let's go over that again. It's the capacity, influence. It's the capacity or power of a person or thing to be a compelling force. Okay, a force that's going to make you do something. It's compelling you. It's pressing you. It's moving you. It's desiring to change whatever you're doing. It's a compelling force to or produce effect on you. So it's going to do something to you, whether it be in your actions or behavior or your opinion, something, etc. on others. So one thing on another, okay, is an, is, is an influence. You know, and sometimes it can almost feel like it's a bad word. You say, well, you're influenced or you're easily influenced. And it's like, you know, everybody, nobody wants to be influenced. And you might say, no, I'm not influenced at all. Nothing influenced me. I just do my own thing. That's not the case. You are influenced by something, whether you like it or not. There, there's no tangible way to actually feel that you were influenced. You, you don't, you don't feel something. There's nothing that hits you and you're like, oh, I just got influenced by that. Right? You went and buy something in the mall, you know, you know, you went and buy a striped shirt in the mall. I'm wearing a striped shirt. So I bought it. Maybe I went and bought the striped shirt in the mall. And generally you think, well, I bought that because I like that. But more likely or not, maybe you saw a whole bunch of different striped shirts. And it just kind of 
stripe was the thing and his stripes everywhere and suddenly, you know, stripes are on the wall. Hey, I like that shirt. Stripe. You actually didn't really, you thought you did, but it's things around you that help shape that direction. Subtle and, but it's there. You know, and that's in simplicity form, but that can extrapolate it in our whole lives. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Amen. So we are influenced. We just need to accept it. Now we just got to, what is influencing it? And what realm? I get severe dry mouth up here. <laughs> now, your, inf- your environment is really important. Your environment is really important because that is what's around you, which is going to now uh, be a big part in influencing you. And what happened at, at camp, brother, brother, I have it just a little bit later in my notes, but I'll, I'll maybe just mention now, brother uh, Aaron McGeary talked about a small desire, the least desire. And he said, he said in there, uh, take that desire that God gave you and focus on that. Okay, and he said, so it's a small, it might be a small, it's a tender little desire in some cases. Some of you that, that he talked about a lot of different ones that maybe don't have the Holy Ghost yet. And even that least desire is there. He said, now focus on that. But now if we're going to focus on that or we have a desire or, or, and this can apply to anybody, but if we got something small that needs some nurturing and some focusing on, you're going to want to make sure it's in the right environment. It has to make sure that it can be nurtured and it can grow. If it's in a, if a plant is in an environment that, that, uh, let's just take our northern, our northern, uh, environment and try and plant a cactus up in northern British Columbia, it just isn't going to happen. Sister Ruth is chuckling because we know ecosystems and we know that there's, there's just the components that a cactus requires doesn't work. It won't grow in that environment. Same would apply to something from north going to the desert to Arizona. It won't happen. The arid desert, the sands, there's no water that it needs. The plant itself is not even built for that. The environment is critical for the growth of that specific tree, okay? And so that applies to us in our spiritual walk. And especially as we're growing or trying to nurture something that the Lord has done for us. It's now soft, it's tender, it's young and needs to be nurtured and needs to be in the right environment, okay? And we live in, we live in a harsh environment. Again, Satan is pressing his realm heavily on us. Just remember the scriptures. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. And so that spirit realm is pressing itself so intently on our spiritual bodies. Amen. And our spirit, on our spirit realm, whether it be in fashion, in media, our workplaces, our political ideas, everything is being shaped and it's it's being pressed by another realm and our environment is completely contrary to the desire that we're trying to nurture. Okay? And the influence of that is changing. The influence of, of our current environment, whether, where, whether at work, wherever, is constantly trying to shift and influence our thoughts and how we think and what we do. You know, what's, currently, what's currently right today was dead wrong not too long ago just dead wrong it was unheard of it was even on nine to crime and put in jail for certain things that is just right today how did that happen how did we shift from something being illegal to now commonplace because the influences of 
Satan's world are pressing their thoughts, pressing their ideas, pressing what they want to happen and force and change the minds, the thoughts, the actions, the opinions, the behaviors through influence. And so now suddenly today, it's totally fine. I, I think half the counselors, but Aaron said, you know, are you bi? Probably counselors didn't even know what you meant. Are you bisexual is what actually it means. Unheard of five, six years ago. Absolute debauched sin 50 years ago. Brother Branham was speaking so strong against it. And you would have thought, oh my goodness, that is just nowhere then. Because he's looking ahead as a prophet and seeing the day now. And the message applies to right now. Amen. It's a current message. Amen. I so appreciated the word this morning, Brother Tim. And the desire for the revelation, the, the value on what God has given us is incredible to me. My grandpa, my grandpa's dad wrote a letter to my grandpa. And he would always tell him, always ask the Lord to reveal himself to you. And it's a scripture that I've highlighted in my Bible. And John 14 is, he says, and he will manifest himself to you. And it's just something that is very real to me. Amen. So I sure appreciate that this morning. So our environment. Now influence, another powerful realm of influence is from our friends. In fact, they say this is one of the most powerful realms, powerful areas, most powerful area of where your influence is the people around you. You know, your environment, how you grew up and such, it has a lot of different uh, impacts. But actually, the people around you is, they say, pretty much the most impacting. And they have such a, a main, a big part to play on how just how we function in our everyday life, how we talk, our language, um, our, the interests in the, of, of our friends are going to impact our interests and and. Uh, how they hang around and how they, their moods and their demeanors and how they talk, it, it impacts you and affects you whether you like it or not or whether you know it or not. And it's actually the most, uh, the most powerful. In fact, one person said you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So take the five people that you spend the most time with and you're the average of that because you're drawing whether you know it or not, you're being influenced from them bit by bit and you become the average of the five. Not to, not to say that is exact science, but that's in that realm. That is what uh, they say. So what are you surrounding? Who do you surround yourself with? You know, ask yourself the question. Okay, well, who's around me? And, uh, and what's my average? <laughs> do a self-analysis. You know, it's it's pretty straightforward. If you, you know, if you want this, some of this is just in the realm. This is what the secular realm can think of. You say, well, this is just, you know, human psychology. No, this gets into the realm we're wrestling in this realm. And that realm is influencing us in a very real way. And so they can take these things, but it applies to us in our spiritual life. You can say, well, you know, if I want to be happy, well, surround yourself with happy people. If you want to be healthy, just surround yourself with Brother Mike Andes. You don't even need five. Just Brother Mike Andes. <laughs> and you'll be healthy. Okay? Because you're surrounding yourself by an influence that is pressing you and urging you and maybe encouraging you. Uh, and just... You don't want to be like him, so you're going to do what they're doing, and you're going to be healthy. Amen? I think he had his own special diet at camp. <laughs> want to be more confident? Surround yourself with confident people. You know, it, it, as Brother Branham says, you lay with dogs, you get fleas. So that's the negative side as well, right? So you find your kids are coming home, and uh, they're, you know, in consistent bad moods, and they're... Their attitudes are sour and south. Who are they hanging around? 
It can be very, very, you know, straightforward if you, if you look at it that way. And if you want a stronger walk with the Lord, surround yourself with someone who's got a strong walk. Someone who's a spiritual, solid believer. Amen? So you've come out of camp. And you've got this small desire that needs some nurturing. You need to get in an environment that is going to be able to put a positive influence on that desire. Amen? you got to put yourself around people that are going to nurture that. Influence you. A strong influence in your spiritual realm. Not just your natural realm. Amen? That's important. Extremely important. 1 Timothy 4, 12 says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Amen? In your youth. That's what he's saying, to be an example. And to do that, you need to surround yourself with those people so that you can be influenced in that direction. Amen? I didn't even know what time I started. That's a bad deal for me. <laughs> in the home, the home, another critical area of influence to anybody, and specifically anyone growing up. Brother Aaron said it's the last line of defense, if you remember that from the services, of protection. And for parents, what a, a critical and a, an incredible responsibility we have as parents because indeed we are. We are the last line of defense to protect our children and our youth from Satan. Amen? He said, and that's the same thing today, but Abraham says our markets are loaded with vulgar and filth and po- to poison the minds of our young children, and then we lay the fault on them. And, you know, young people are going through a, a very wicked world to grow up in. And what Abraham is saying, we, they're going through a lot of these things where they're loaded, the markets are loaded with vulgar and filth, and for probably most of the parents, or a lot of the and older ones, probably we don't really understand or even know what our young people actually go through. Right? It would, it would curl your hair in some cases if if uh, you didn't have curly hair. When if you knew what they are battling each day or the content that they had to filter through and try and get through and come home in some shape or form in some strong stature spiritually, and you have to be there as a barrier. And a protection to try and keep them away from that or strengthen them and encourage them. And we'll, we'll go through that. He says, filth and poison to poison their minds of our young children. Then we lay the fault onto them. He says, when I think many times it belongs into us, us Christian people who will not stand up for the thing, uh, that's right and have those things lot off our shelves. And then in our homes also that we let loose and permit all these vulgarities and things to come into our home to influence the children. And that's, you know, to me, that's very, uh, that can strike home. Okay, parents, you know, the, the responsibility that we have to ensure that we are indeed keeping at bay the world that is pressing itself in such a strong way, if you are not really keenly aware, whether you know it or not, it's coming into your home through this pressing and subtle influences of the world. Amen. pages got mixed up so the home is where our core values of our kids are instilled our children are guided they're taught the inner person really who they are is formed in the home amen their confidence 
their self-esteem, really who they are, uh, their self-respect, their self-worth, the integrity, the honesty, their moral compass, their walk with God, all of those things are majorly enforced and built and nourished from the home. At least they should be. That's where they should be getting that. Amen. If they're not, they're going to go somewhere else for it. And then you wonder why we have problem in your home. That's what should be happening in the home. Okay. He says, oh, your family. But Abraham says, oh, your family is what you are. And we heard a few services ago, but Ed's talked about invasion and how the family has been invaded. And mother's being taken out of the home. Oh, the family is what you are. You raise your child in a certain environment. It's got 98 percent better chance to go right than it has if you bring it up in the wrong way that's an incredible percentage 98 percent chance better chance to go right when you bring it up in the right environment bring up a child in the way it should go amen so i think then as parents we should step back and take a little bit of a check on what are we what are we doing to be a barrier what are we doing to protect our children what are we doing to encourage them now they've come out of camp god's made a done a move in our in our in the young people and they've maybe recognized a small desire even if they have not don't have the holy ghost and the lord is now urging them and pushing them forward and they've had their hearts and their minds turned into the right direction and they've now saying yeah this is who i am i am what god has done for me and they've come home from camp charged and spiritually moved now we have a part to play as parents now and as older ones in the in the church now to bring up and be that spiritual environment around our kids and families all the more you can see what god ensuring that the influence on them is pure it's holy it's nourishing and to guard guard to guard them well how well parents it's some is pretty straightforward and just what are we allowing in our home what what media are we allowing in our home uh, how are we allow what are we allowing our kids to do uh, whether you like it or not and you want and then you feel that the ministers hammer on it a lot we don't hammer it on it enough because it is so strong the media influence and the just every avenue that is trying to come into and then we hand a kid a little ipod and off they go with that and then you wonder why we have problems down the road the satan is pressed a lot if not almost all of his focus on trying to deliver so much through that little that little device you know brother Brown spoke against movie theaters and television and he said you put it's right into the home it's not just right in the home everything and more than what that television was is sitting in that little ipod and they know how to maneuver it better than you do you have no clue and I know there's different ones and I, you try to put blocks and you try to put filters and you try and do this and you try and be the barrier. And that doesn't work all the time. And it's actually a very poor substitute of a barrier. Right, Brother Mark? Right? They're out there trying to put those things into parents' control. But most parents just feel completely tech liter- illiterate and it's so above them. And the kids have unf- unfettered access to garbage. It's our duty to do all we can to be a barrier to that allowing computers simple things i'm just like i said i'm talking we're talking tomato soup tonight simplest things my computer in my home is in my kitchen i have one computer access to my kids at home it's in my kitchen because 
I can see, my wife can see anything that's on the computer. My kids don't have a computer in their room. This is simple stuff, but it's a barrier, a protection for my kids so that hey, they don't know what's going on. My little, my little girls have to search something, search an image for school because they have to. They have to use it. And so the, out of the necessity, Satan is able to pour himself into that and just drop a seed, drop an image, drop a, a pop-up. And it's how it happens. That's our, it's our responsibility, parents, to do all we can. Be aware of these things. And what we're trying to do tonight, just to help you be aware. That we could live a salty life before our kids. I mean, if we don't live a salty life as parents... If we're not living a Christian life that they look that, that we're enjoying, why on earth would they want to even come to church? Why on earth would they come and you expect your kids to worship God if, if we don't even worship God? If we're not giving enjoyment and saying, oh, Lord, I just love to worship you and you're singing. You know, I'm not saying you have to clap in everything, every service. There's every, every service has a different atmosphere and maybe it's solemn and maybe it's joyous. But nonetheless, they should see a joy in your relationship with God. Amen. Amen? And if they don't see that, if they don't see the salt in your life, it won't be there. It won't be in theirs. I can tell you that for certain. Amen. And so we need to show that before them. Brother Bram said, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, it is henceforth good for nothing, cast out, trod under the feet of men. We must never forget that. He said, and when we lose our influence as a father and as a mother and as a Christian, he said, as a minister, when we lose that influence with people, we have nothing. Amen. He says, now we can be very popular in line with the world and go along with the world. But I mean... As we represent, we represent Christ. And when we lose our influence as that is standing out, he goes, how can we blend in with the day when God is so against the day? Amen. Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. We know the verse. Next verse. And thou shalt love thy Lord thy God with all thy... And with all thy... And with all thy, well, it's with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. I didn't quite hear all the right answers uh, to that, so I just had to reinforce it. We should, I believe we all do, know these scriptures. These are ones we learned in Sunday school, and they're become a part of our spiritual core, so to say. But the next few verses, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And verse 7, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when you sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. I think that covers all places for us parents to keep it before our children everywhere. Amen. So how can we tell when we're being influenced negatively? We'll just go on the negative side right now. Laws, laws of contrast, it's easy to see, so we're going to go on that side. Well, telltale signs. Here's about five telltale signs for you, so you can be aware. If we feel consistently heavy-hearted, agitated, depressed, after spending some time with someone, you've just been negatively influenced. If you feel that you have just violated an area of your conviction, you've been negatively influenced. And if we're making questionable decisions that we were that were never options before you've been negatively influenced but Abraham says and another thing as soon as Jehoshaphat 
And Jehoshaphat was, got together with Ahab and the king of Edom. Edom here is what he's speaking about in Second Kings, I believe. And ordinarily now, he would have prayed over the subject and would have thought about it first and said, God, what must I do? And he was being asked to go and, and join forces and, and uh, fight against another kingdom. But being yoked up with unbelievers, he took the unbelievers' way. And that's the way many spirit-filled Christians... After a revival fall, because they yoke themselves up amongst people, our environments, our friends at school, people at work, and amongst the people, uh, yoke themselves up amongst people that said, well, I go to church, we're as good as the rest of them, and you lose your experience. Stay right in the road no matter what the rest of them does. Amen? You know where you belong. You know who you belong to. Stay right under the power of prayer all the time and don't let them call you off to something else and amusements and so forth. If there's a question, don't do it. Amen? I've used that so many times in my walk and in my few years of life here. If there's a question, don't do it. It's very simple. Stay away from it, Brother Branham says. And so if that ever comes up, the Holy Spirit is there. And if there's that little question, usually it's very small. But in its smallest form, don't do it. And man, if you live by that, you'll save yourself a whole lot of scars. Fourth area. If you're more lax regarding areas of weakness, you've been negatively influenced. And if we're rationalizing behavior or thoughts that we previously avoided, so you're now reasoning them out, something that you'd never thought of before, it wasn't even, now you're suddenly trying to rationalize, well, you know, it, it could be okay, I mean, you could make an excuse up for this, you're being negatively influenced. And when I say negatively influenced, generally from the realm below right. that we talked about at the beginning, okay? If, if it's causing you to go any this direction, it was not from above. It was not the Holy Ghost pressing you and moving you forward and causing you to question certain things. That would never be the Holy Ghost. It's always going to be the devil himself. Amen? Never just follow someone. Never, if you're looking at who's around you, never just follow somebody um, that their life is not exactly in parallel with the word. Amen? Um, Brother Brandon says, watch what you're doing. Always follow the one who is influenced and is backed up by God. That you know where God is with them. Don't follow the wrong influence. Amen? Because too often, especially I believe in these last days and times too much influence and people are listening to certain things people are saying and at the end of the day if you go down to the bottom of it it's just straight lies that they're actually founded on but you're allowing that to cause a seed or a question or some doubt or and then you start basing all so many other decisions back to that one little spot when it was actually completely off the word and so it's very important to make sure that if you're following somebody, always make sure that they're influenced and backed up by God, that you know where God is with them. We're talking about your spiritual life. So I would, would, you would think you'd want to put a whole lot of emphasis on trying to figure out, well, this person is, is kind of, is influencing me, if you can actually recognize that. And then try and figure out, well, what's influencing them? Where, where, where's their life? Surely you're going to go back and do a b- background check on them. 
before you allow them to affect you, right? Amen. Now, I read this this portion of scripture, and uh, it actually put a whole new meaning on influence to me, and I'm going to read it. I won't have you turn to it. I'll read it. But this is the gravity or the extreme or alarming importance that God put on somebody that influencing someone else. Okay? In Deuteronomy 13, 6, it says, If thy brother, the son of thy mother, or thy son, or thy daughter, or thy wife of thy bosom, or thy friend, which is as thine own soul, entice thee secretly. So that pretty much covers a lot of people that are going to be close around you. Entice thee secretly. So they're enticing. They're going to be trying to woo you, try to uh, convince you to, to, to do something. They're trying to con- influence you to do something secretly. Okay? Secretly means maybe you don't even know it. And they're influencing you. All right? There's, okay? But they try to entice thee secretly. Saying, let us go and serve other gods. Which thou hast not known, thou, nor thy fathers. Okay, so your circle around you has trying to get you to go away and turn away from who you serve, from your God, to another God. Okay, then it would have been idol worship by Deuteronomy or some other form of, of idolatry. And, uh, but Abraham says, anything between you and God is an idol. So let's bring that to current times and just nail that down, okay? So we're gonna, let's go serve other gods. Put something there. Yeah. Let's put, let's put, let's put a, you know, a, a god of this evil age or a, a god. It could be anything. It could be a relationship with somebody. It could be good grades. It could be the approval of the people. It could be success in business. It could be something tame. If it's before God, it's still an idol. Okay, but if they've enticed you, they're trying to get you to do something now in maybe even a kid's or a young person's realm. Maybe they're asking you to maybe listen to music or watch something you, know you shouldn't go on the Internet, do something. We can go in that realm as well. And, and something that's going to turn you away from God. Okay, so we nailed that down. Namely of the gods of the people which are around about you. So something that's happening around you right now. Okay. Which are round about you, nigh, thee, un, uh, nigh unto thee, or far off from thee, from one end of the earth, even unto the other end of the earth. Pretty much covered everywhere yes. possible for you to be able to, for something, they're trying to turn your eyes off of Christ, trying to get you onto something. I don't care where in this earth, I don't care what it is, the scripture covered it. Okay? So, so this is, we just work our way here. Thou shalt not consent unto him, nor hearken unto him, neither shall thine eye pity him. Neither shalt thou spare him, neither shalt thou conceal him, but thou shalt surely kill him. That's what God thought of someone that would turn someone's heart and eyes to another God from him. Okay, we just, we just read, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart, mind, soul, and might. And anyone that would detract you or distract you from that, turn your eyes from that, was killed. That's pretty heavy. God doesn't change his mind. On how he feels against the spirit that would be now trying to influence you to away from God. 
Woe unto the person that is in that spot trying to de- distract or pull away someone from their spiritual walk. Or someone that's come out of camp that is now trying to make a stand. And someone is well trying to pull them back away and foul talking or pre- presenting media or whatever on your phones. Woe unto you that would do that. In the Old Testament, they were killed. That's heavy. We should be encouraging. We'll get there. You know, it went one step further. It went all the way in and was watching my time. The next sentence after that, the next verse. If thou shalt hearsay in any one of the cities. So now it just didn't go from an individual. God moved it to a city. Okay. Right into a city. If thou shalt hear anything. In any city which the Lord thy God hath given thee to dwell in, certain men, children of Belial, had gone out from among you, and have withdrawn the inhabitants of their city, saying, Let's go and serve other gods, which ye have not known. Thou shalt and inquire, make search, and ask diligently, and behold, if it be truth, and a thing certain, uh, certain that such abomination is wrought among you, thou shalt surely smite the inhabitants of the city, destroy it utterly, and all the cattle. It just even expounded. The, I don't think you could overemphasize how God feels about someone that is wrongly or putting a negative influence or being that to draw someone away from Christ. Very strong. Very strong. So what should we do? I just want to mention one thing. You know, sometimes we feel... Uh, I'll just emphasize the satility or, uh, of, of how someone can be influenced. And I'm going to tell a story on, on myself... And, uh, it's under the blood, but I'm gonna, t- I'll tell it when I was in grade eight. Uh, and these are the bad, these are the simple, subtle influences that can happen. I was in grade eight in school, and I sat in a class, I can remember vividly sitting in home economics class, sitting in the little kitchen areas, and I had a couple kids in my, in my class that constantly swore. I mean, they swore, they swore, they swore, they swore, they said one word all the time. And it just graded me. Um, and we were in multiple classes together and, and he just, it was just forever. And it was, it just, it was like a byword to, to him. And it just was, it just frustrated me to no end. And I, I don't even know how long down into the school year, a handful of months, um, I was coming by the, the gym door and I looked inside the gym door and there was something happening that I thought wasn't. And I swore and I immediately stopped and I knew exactly why, because that fellow was it was a constant influence on me is the only time i swore knowing well knowingly in my whole entire life so nonetheless that is how subtle the influence was i wasn't i wasn't saying oh i'm gonna swear no i didn't even know that was happening in fact it graded me that he was doing that in my presence all the time what i should have done is said can you just be quiet but I didn't because, of course, the young people in grade eight, you're 13 years old. You're, you don't even know who you are. You're just life is just kind of springing forth. And you're like, <laughs> you know, the last thing I'm going to do is be like, hey, can you be quiet? Right. 
him and his buddy were much bigger than I. So it just wasn't happening. I was four foot 11, 90 pounds, and uh, it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so, but the fact remains is that influence so subtle and unknowingly impacted me to where I actually did what he did. That's how subtle influence is. Whether you know it or not, it's happening. And unless the Lord allows you to take that step back and go, whoa, what just happened? You're going further down the road than you'll ever know. Man, be careful. So what do we do after something like like camp? And, And I would repeat, Brother Aaron, he said, camp is not a sprint. He said, it's part of an overall process. Amen. The climax is body change. Direct quote. Amen. So camp is just a process. And sometimes it's to kickstart you or get you back on track or, or grow or, or move you forward in the Lord. And so that's what we're here to do is just kind of keep, keep moving you forward. Kind of more of in the trench level here. Um, but if you come really what you should do, uh, Brother Brown spoke a scripture, uh, message called the word calls for total separation. And you know, Abraham had to go through that. He speaks about Abraham, how he was with Lot. And in Genesis 13, I, I won't go through the whole whole account, but he says they were having some strife and some struggles amongst themselves. And it's he says, it's not the whole land before thee. Separate thyself, I pray from me, Abraham speaking. If thou take the left hand, I'll go to the right. And if thou depart to the right hand, then I'll go to the left. And so, verse 11, Lot chose the plain of Jordan. You know, the scripture says it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. It was even as the garden of the Lord. Must have been a beautiful place. Even as the garden of the Lord. And of course, anything Satan has is going to be as tantalizing it can ever be. The world is that way. And he's, he made it even as the garden of the Lord. As beautiful and as attractive as he ever could. That should be a little bit of a telltale sign. If it is really, really attractive in that sense, it's probably of the devil. More or less. Okay? Uh, on, if it's on a negative side. Uh, Abraham, so Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And the Lord said unto Abram, After that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward, southward, and eastward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I'll make thee thy seed, make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if man can number the dust, then thy seed shall also be numbered. Arise and walk through the land in the length of it, and the breadth of it, for I will go, I will give it unto thee. I want you to notice, it was after, Brother Abraham said, after Lot was separated from Abram, then he blessed him. After Lot was able to separate from what was dragging him down, actually. Brother Branham actually talks about Abraham not actually even obeying, fully obeying, until he actually had pulled away from that and separated, got away into another environment where God could then just speak to him. Then God could bless him. And if you you come out of camp, God's allowed you to kind of see maybe where you're at. You're going to have to separate from that. God isn't going to be able to move ahead or pour his blessings on you until you actually make that separation. You're going to have to, you're going to have to do something. I was preparing, preparing for the service and my my birthday uh, last week, I guess it was. And, uh, brother Western deal just sent me a a text and, um, actually I think I have it. And it was, I was listening to 
um, this service. Uh, God's word calls for a total separation. I don't know if I have the title exactly correct, but that's what it is. And uh, I don't have it. Brother West sent me a text. And he said he just talked about the times that when the Lord saved him, that he had to separate from his from all of his friends. And those of that have heard Brother West's testimony, uh, they know that he was quite quite entrenched. I mean, he was very very um, deep in in in, his, in the realm of his friends and in all the doings and actions actions uh, of the world. And uh, a core a core piece of, of of his social realm. I mean, everything gravitated around West because he's that kind of guy. And but when he was saved, when the Lord saved him, he had to make a definitive and defined line. Okay, he had to do that. And he actually, if I have it correct, he went out one last time to the bar with his friends. He had, I believe, a seven-upper ginger ale, and he said, this is the last time you're going to see me. I won't be here no more. The Lord has saved me, etc. You can hear his testimony. That's it. Line drawn. I'm out. It had to be definitive. And then he, just, he talked about just how being separating and having fellowship and being able to be in an environment that is going to nurture the work that God had done for him was so vital to his spiritual walk. And that is critical. And that's why I'll point out to young people, if God has done something for you, you are going to have to draw the line. You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to go to school. You're going to have to talk to your friends and say, I'm not doing this anymore. They want to swear around you. I don't care what school you go to, BCA or whatever else. You tell them, I'm not here. That filthy mouth is done around me. Okay. You have to do that. You have to make a line. Then God will step behind you and say, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to move forward with you. You make that step. God's going to come behind it. Amen? Not until you fully separate. Then God will bless you. Usually if a man's going to be a believer, but our brother says he's got to separate himself from his worldly friends and all the people. You yoke yourself up from out up from amongst unbelievers. They'll only call you back to the world again. Okay, they're only going to point. He said environment has a lot to do with it. Did you know that? We spoke about it now. Your environment. Amen. The first, he goes, if you get in the pool rooms and dance halls, you say, well, put it, you might say, well, we don't go to pool rooms and dance halls, but maybe you go in front of your screen. It's a whole lot more subtle now. You know, you're not walking out there into the pool room or getting a magazine from some filthy newsstand. It's just right here. Just right here. And the first thing you know, You'll believe in, you'll be believing it's right to do it. He said, if you get out of the pool rooms, dance hall shindigs and everything else and call yourself a Christian, the first thing you know, you'll be believing it's all right to do it. Amen. So your environment, you know, want to get out of that and separate yourself and the Lord can then bless you. Amen. Blessing comes after that separation. It's not easy. I know that. It's not. But that makes the blessing that much more sweet. Amen? I mean, God, God knows that. But he's wanting you to make that stand for him. Amen? Brother, Brother Aaron says, resist a few times. You read the quote, if you can recall. He said, and I have the quote here. 
I don't know, refresh your minds. Because you can work, a, you can get a week away from camp. You can get 24 hours out of it, out of the service. And it, Satan has done everything he could. He's poured school back onto you. He's poured life back onto you. And you've forgotten it. So I'm just going to refresh a little bit so you can remember it again. The quote was, and then the Holy Spirit when then abides in and grows daily. Just grows, making itself greater and greater. And it pushes out the thing. So he's talking about that little desire. And that desire can grow. Nurture it. You culture it. And you get around and surround yourself in an environment that can grow that that uh, desire for god pushes out the things the cares the temptation as you overcome them the holy spirit takes its place do you know what if you got a real bad temptation of something that's not right overcome that thing a few times and watch if your testimony doesn't bloom that's what he said he said make your testimony your temptation into a testimony right. and if you remember that line from from camp i thought that was wonderful you you young people caught it yeah. amen that was a strength for you right amen, amen. but you got to do it now right. you've got to resist the temptation yeah. and that's the part the action part that you're now going to have to make is that when that comes now what yeah. you're going to have to resist it in the simple, like I said, whether it's your, whatever your friends around you, if it's, I don't know what your issue is, if it's music, you're gonna have to resist it. You have to put the music away. Find somebody, get you some, get the Bible Way podcast. Find something, and just push that away and resist it. Just a few times, but our Branham says, and watch it, your, your strength will build. You get stronger each time, you're like, wow, okay, that wasn't too bad. And next time it gets easier, the next time suddenly, after a little bit, that desire's gone. Because it just starts pushing, that small desire is now pushing out all those wrongful ones, and it's filling you up to full, and there ain't no room for any more, any wrong desires. Amen? Just watch the testimony bloom. Amen? Take that and keep running with it. You're going to have to turn it into re- real day walk. So figure out what it is for you. Say, well, what is my temptation? You know, if you got to write it down, write it down, and then mark down, okay, I resisted it, I did this, this worked. You get it in the Word. Do something. Okay? Don't just let it be word fluff. You know, it is stuff you hear at camp and then it kind of filters away. Don't do that because it's not here for that. You know, we talked, we can talk a lot about the negative side of influence and how it impacts us and how it works, what it is and how to detect it and all of that. But if Satan can force his realm onto us with such strength. I have to believe that God can do much greater than that. Satan's kingdom is not greater than God's kingdom. And we heard that at camp too, right? Just because there's more of it doesn't mean it's greater. If you can remember Brother Aaron talking about that. And now how much greater the effects of the influence of the Holy Ghost. And to me, that's much more uh, more important than focusing on the on all the negative aspects. But Satan is pouring hard on you, and that's why we speak about the the negative sides of influence, so we can be aware of them, and so we're, we're ready for battle. You know. But what an influence it was on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down and broke on in Acts two. You can imagine what that would have been like. And here they were, the. the Holy Spirit just fell upon them, and here's a whole bunch of, well, Peter was very illiterate, and they knew nothing, and here he comes breaking forth, and they're looking like they're all drunk on the streets, and like, what is going on? Drunk on the streets, under an influence. They said, oh, these, these are, they look like they had new wine. 
No, it was a different influence. They were under the influence, amen? Amen. And here Peter comes out. I love it when Peter comes out. Just someone who's just simple. Not too long ago, Peter was denying. I don't know him. Denying Christ. Amen. He was told, get thee behind me, Satan. Uh, You know, prior to that. Peter stepped into some spots. I feel bad for Peter in some cases. Well, we'll build three temples. (laughs) We're not building three temples. But you know what? Peter took it every time. And then when he gets converted... And the Holy Spirit falls on him. This is that. That was said in the prophet Joel. Amen. They might have looked like they were under a influence. But they are under the influence. Amen. Change Peter and all the believers from that point on. That's the influence that we're under. That's the influence we're under at camp. That's the influence that's trying to push you forward. Amen. Brother Ram says, these men are drunk. Listen to them. Look at the... Look at that coward looking out the door, the one that denied Jesus down yonder at the crucifixion. Said, I didn't even know him. A little woman said, well, your speech betrayed you. You're one of them. Said, he cursed and said, I don't know him. This was Peter. She's talking with Peter. But when that cork was pulled out, when the spirit began to flow through, he said, you men of Judea that dwell in Jerusalem, amen? When that falls, when that influence is on you, it's a big change. Amen. Amen. New, Like new wine, but it's a different influence. I thought of Legion. I thought of Legion as we were just... We'll come to the end here. Brother Bram says, But the first thing you know... First thing you know, some of the crowd come along and got him to get away from church. We're talking Legion. Or go, or go away from God. Next thing you know, the devil had him. On the next step, he started drinking. Not water. <laughs> One drink, one devil, and just kept on backsliding and going away. And here then, where we see legion, is superhuman strength, breaking fetters and chains all about him, cut up everywhere, running through the tombs. But Abraham said he'd be a murderer if he could. He had a wife and kid at home, untamable, a beast. In one spot, he said he had, I think he said 2,000 demons, many. Many, many demons in an impossible situation. Because some of the crowd come along and got him away from church. A little influence. Or go away from God. And the next thing he's drinking. Or the the next thing he's looking at pornography. Or or the next thing he's listening to filthy music. Or the next thing... And it just keeps going. And here at the extreme case, we have legion. Now in here, we have it in a visual form. But don't be fooled by what the inside, the spiritual creature, would look like. This was natural creature out here, and the demons were manifesting themselves in a natural way. But just because you're living and you could come to church doesn't mean that that can't happen on a spiritual level. But I'm not going to focus on that. I don't want to focus on that part. Because what happened was, we have legion, which is many. Hundreds, thousands, however, we have a whole lot of demonic forces on a man who's now been completely torn away from his home and living amongst tombs in in some region. But what is to me incredible is when Christ came his way. Christ came across the sea, stepped out on that shore, and those demons fell at his feet. And the authority or the influence... From Christ himself put those demons at his feet. That's, and he said, it wasn't a lot. 
Come out of him, thou unclean spirit. And it didn't matter how many thousands of demons that were on him. One. Yeah. One. Christ Jesus our Lord was able to step out there and say, come out of him. It don't matter what's influencing you. I don't care what negative influence you have. It only takes one. The Holy Ghost himself to come and annihilate anything that is influencing you from that realm. Amen? There's the extreme case. I don't think anybody here has got thousands of demons on them. We don't have... I don't... But one is here. It doesn't mean it's one. doesn't mean it's a hundred. doesn't mean a thousand. The one, amen, is here. A compelling force. That's what an influence is. It's a compelling force. Amen. Broke the power of the influence over legion. That's incredible. I love it. Amen. A greater one came. Amen. And that's the way you act when you come in contact with Jesus. You're never the same. Amen. Legion could never be the same. And no one is never the same after they meet once this Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, well, that's 2,000 years ago. A long time ago. He's the same God today. Amen. Amen. You can go through, let's just go 50, 60 plus years ago. And I was just reading through the different quotes and I won't, I won't go through them all. And I was just drawn to how many times Brother Branham says, oh, there's that amber light. Well, there's that amber light there. And he says it many times. And he, can't you see it? Can't you see it? And he's talking, oh, there's, I said, oh, Lord, that is it. I, I would have just loved to have been in that service. Just, to see that amber light, oh, it's over there. Oh, you just feel that sweet presence, that sweet holy presence. And then he just, the Spirit of the Lord just starts discerning, discerning legions were being loosed yeah. by the presence of that same one that was on the Sea of Galilee in Gadaria. The same one was there 50, 60 years ago. And we can, we have the ability, thankfully, in English to read that. Amen. I can't imagine, Brother Tim spoke this morning. I can't imagine. We're searching, we're able to search through the message. What does Brother Branham say about this? And well, how does that? And they don't even have that. People don't even have, they can search all they want. There's nothing there. Think of that. I can't imagine that. It became a real reality to me, uh, reality to me this morning. I said, wow, what if I could not, as a, um, as speaking here <laughs> this, this evening, what if I couldn't even search that out? What if I couldn't have found that? Oh, there's that amber light there. Oh, there's that sweet holy presence that's on you right now. You feel that, don't you? That's him. What if I could never see that? And they could never preach that. All the more reason why we're behind spreading this wonderful message. Amen. Because it's impacting us. It's going to impact them. Amen. And it's for not just for us. Amen. Amen. Those, they are impacted by another realm over and over again. And some of them are incredible. One said, you know how many times there's actually about six people that were, that were, uh, scared by a dog. There's about six instances of it, and they all became nervous. In fact, one became so nervous, they were going to do bad things, quote, and commit suicide because of being scared by a dog. But the influence of the Holy Spirit over them, and the Brother Branham able to discern that through this through the Holy Spirit and pull that out of their life. That's incredible. That same one is here. Don't put it then. Don't put it then. Don't put it then. I'll show you, I'll show you now. I'll show you a present day legion. Slide one, please. Present day. We say, well, that's 2,000 years ago. I'm showing you present day. You probably don't, some of you don't even know who that is. How many don't know who that is? 
My goodness. Ha <laughs> He's the same God. Yes, sir. Amen. He's the same God in, in Legion's day. That's who that is. That's Butter Dave to burn off. Smoking, drinking, looked like a legion, was a legion. Amen. But the same one, the same influence came over that life. And look at that now. He's on a bus right now, listening to us right now on his little phone, on the phone hookup. I say, praise God. Amen. Brother David, how many years has it been? How many years has it been? A long time. Because the same one that could deliver him is the same one that can hold him and the same one that will rapture him. Amen. That's the influence we're under. We're under the influence of a mighty God. Do not limit it to 2,000 years ago. Do not limit it to 50, 60 years ago. Limit. Don't even limit it at all. Put it to your life, Abraham. Your life, Joseph. What are you going through? That influence will break every chain. Keep it broken. Amen. He's a real God. He's the same God that in, in my life. And that's why I'm still here. That's why I'm standing here preaching to you tonight. Because the same influence that was on Brother Dave that could take him from a wretched, mud-smoking, beer-drinking sinner to what he is now is the same God that has kept me here. That can preach to you. It's the same one. The same influence. Amen? Musicians, you can come. Amen. I'm going to challenge you. What influence are you under? I want you to now step back and say, well, what is influencing me? As we just close and we bring ourselves to just a, a question and say, well, what am I under? And who's under your influence? You know, we can talk about what's influencing us a lot, but... The power, don't underestimate the power of your own influence. You are a Holy Ghost filled believer. You have Christ in you. You've been given certain gifts and certain talents and certain personalities. God given. How now are you? Don't underestimate the impact that that can be in your environment. Because we can talk a lot about what's affecting us. But what, how are we affecting the world around us? Don't underestimate that. Because you can, through Christ in your life, you might be the one that is to impact. You be the ones that encourage each other as you come out of camp and you're going through your day to day or adults in your, in your work. Guard each other. Challenge each other. Be accountable to each other. Don't just become little silos everywhere. And then one starts kind of going astray, and well, you all start going and going astray. Don't do that. Someone stand up and be like, "No, that's wrong. That was spoken against. We, we're better than this. We, we just were at Scampser. We, we put that aside. Someone say that. Why is it so hard? Why is it so easy just to go off to the side?" Don't do that. Let's build up. Let's uplift. Let's encourage. And we can be stronger for it. Young people, parents, we have a duty to be those barriers. Look at your home. Say, what am I doing? What could I do better? Am I allowing all this into the home and and not being actually responsible and, and recognizing that it's completely changing my 
the dynamics of my kid. I'm wondering, why am I wrestling with this? Well, maybe do a little bit of checkup. And we can see, you know what? We just want one influence. We don't want the thousands of influences in, the, in this world. We just want one influence. We want the influence to guide us, to move us, and to channel us. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Why don't we stand? Amen. If I knew the song, I would sing, I love him for what he has done. That it was sung, but I don't think, do we know that song? I know. I love it. I love him for what he has done. Hey, it's wonderful. But we'll sing in the presence of Jehovah then. Amen. Can we sing the verses? Do we know the verses on that? In and out of situation.
Amen. It's in that presence and the influence, that compelling force, amen, in the presence of the King. Your heart can be mended. Trouble just vanish. And you can come into a service in His presence. You leave mended, mended hearts. Amen. Right, let's just sing the song that Andrew sang. We sang at a camp. I, is I love you. I lo- it's just a, such a pretty song. We can just sing our love to the Lord and we'll, we'll let you go. Do we not have it? Yeah, Andrew, you're going to sing loud for us. All right. I love song. I love you written in red on the blood that shed on Calvary's cross expressed an undying love for us. Surely we could just give it back to him in our praise. Amen. We do indeed love you, Lord. Blood bought. Bride of Jesus Christ, Lord, as we heard at camp, I am what you've done for me. Just dying on the cross was enough, Lord. But Lord, you pour your love out, Lord, in so many different ways, Lord. We can't thank you enough, Lord Jesus. We could just now go this week and live our life, Lord, to the fullest, Lord, that we could be worthy of this great gospel. Lord, our lives, Lord, would not be influenced from this world, but Lord, we can emanate Christ to our those around us, Lord, whether at work or at school. Lord, the power of our influence, for Lord, we are under the influence of the Holy Ghost. May we walk, Lord, as a testimony of what you've done, of your love for us, Lord. We bless this people. We love them. We thank you for each one. We commit their weak and them into your care, Lord, in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Greet one another. We'll see you, Lord willing, on Wednesday. Amen. You're dismissed.